gave you a sheet that all of us have. These are so nice to have small like this. This does not want me to talk. <coughs> he has to go. <coughs> um, this is a spur of the moment thing. The Lord was like, here, go do this. Okay. Um, what I felt like is we've read through these. I'm sure you all have. I have. I've Mine has a back to it. Um, but I guess what I wanted you to do <coughs> is to kind of skim through here. And on the ones that says, I am accepted, I am secure, I am significant. Just kind of look through. Oh, what did I do? Okay. Um, kind of look through that. And if one steps out, one steps out, I'm all right. <laughs> one comes out, step to that, stepping out. Um, if one of them just grabs you, I just want to go around and just, even if one doesn't, and you just think, oh, I, I like that one, I'll say that one. But I just want you to declare one of these today. Um, I just felt like the Lord, the Lord tells us that when we speak, and, and he speaks through us that there's power there, that the word is powerful. And these are all words of life from the, from the word. So just kind of look through there. I'll give you about 30 seconds to just find a couple that you think, oh, yeah. Or, or maybe one of them really did something for you. I have one like that. Um, that really changed something in your life. That really... Um, spoke to you that God really maybe used that you still use today I have one of those <laughs> and I'm sure we all do but um, we need to declare the word over ourselves if we have to do it every day when we get up in the morning and we've got a few that maybe there's some things going on in our lives and we know that scripture fits that to grab a hold of it for, and, and say, God, you've said this, and I'm hanging on to this because this is the truth. This is what you've said about me and about you and who he is. So, all right. <coughs> so I'm going to start, and I want to say it right. Where is it? <laughs> I had it. I was looking right at it. Okay, uh, the first one is Second Timothy, first one, uh, Second Timothy 1, 7. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That speaks volumes to me and has for years. Um, that is a scripture that has helped me know that fear does not belong to me. I don't have to, to be weight, weighted under that, that scripture or that fear. So anyway, that's just one of mine. What about you, Barb? Okay, well, I'm going to do the very bottom one. Okay. I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I always have a frame of mind, and Sharon knows because I've talked to her about it, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not as good as other people. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. Hey, that's one of mine, too, so I'm with you. Okay. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> well, I was going to, I wanted to do a couple for her. One oh. of them is the one that's in First John that says, I am born of God, and the yes. evil one cannot touch me. That's Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There was another one, and I can't find it right now. But the one that I that stood out for me is uh, 
1 Corinthians 6, 17, I am united with the Lord, one spirit. Okay. Oh, that is good. Hallelujah. I have so many. I know. <laughs> just, pick just pick one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colossians 2, 10, I am complete with Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Okay. Uh, Romans 8, 1 and 2, I am free forever from condemnation. Yes. Amen. That's a, that's a big one, too. Yes. Amen. Yes, Glory. Um, for me, I am too, uh, I am God's child. Yes. And then the second one, the same, I am free forever from condemnation. Yes, that's yes. It is, it is. And you know, when you think about it and you read them, it's like, yes, amen. You can read it a different way than you used to read it because God's helped you see it and grab a hold of it. That's awesome. That's good. Okay, madame. Ephesians 1, 5, I have been adopted as God's child because I always feel yeah. like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a powerful one for me, too, because I always felt like I was. I was never a part of anything. So that, for me, was a really strong one, too. Thank you for sharing. Yay. Okay. I truly like Second Timothy 1, 7, for God's not giving me a spirit of fear, yeah. but a power of love and a sound mind. And then Second um, Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. Coming out yes. of religion that was very mm-hmm. legalistic, that mm-hmm. speaks to me. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. And I have three. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have them all, so. <laughs> <laughs> they all mean something to us, but yes, you can. <laughs> okay. The one that God really has helped me with is Philippians 1 6. I am confident that the good work God had begun in me, He will perfect. Yes. Uh, he will perfect it, not me. Right, right. That's good. And then, let's see if I can find these again. Romans 8, 35 and 39. I cannot be separated from the love of God. Yes. His love is That's awesome. Yep. Amen. And the other one I, I can't really find right now, but I am adopted as God's yeah. child. He told mm-hmm. me that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. He says, I am your father. Yes. And... That's awesome. Woo, that gave me shivers. <laughs> Miss Janet? I can't read these books. I know, they're small, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't read these. I'm not going to find that. I can't read these. <laughs> yeah, find mine, mine, mine also is, I am established, anointed, and sealed by God, and I am sealed with Christ in heavenly realm. Hallelujah. Very good, very good. Okay, I just thought that, I don't know, God wanted us to... Grab a hold of that, any of that. So, yay, Jesus. All right. So, this morning, I want to talk about something that, that, that I lived out um, and God found me. <laughs> it's like I didn't really know that there was a relationship with Jesus that I could have. That I didn't know that. And... So I started out as a, as a an, uh, um, teenager, uh, very, very hopeless, very um, struggling, um, no love. I just, it was just like you are. And I know you all have an understanding of that because we all got saved. <laughs> so all of us have a, have that, have a story. Okay. 
But, but the Lord told me to talk about hope because it's really close to me. And um, I've been crying all morning, girls. I don't know if I can get through this. I tell you, God's unreal. Um, so we're going to start with 1 Peter 1.3. And just know that everything I talk about today, it might just be a scripture and we just move on. But for me, it was like, this is like my life. This is what God did in me here and here and here and here. And to me, it was, it was a path that I didn't even know the word talked about. You know, that, that the word is the lamp into my feet, a light into my path. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Only God does. And I look back, girls, I tell you what, I look back to my life when I was a kid, and the devil tried to kill me for years. I, I'm, I just, and when I realize that even God, even then, I didn't realize my grandma was a Christian lady. She lived in our home, and I'm sure she prayed every day for us. And had no clue that because of those prayers, God's watching over me. Because my prayer was my prayer after I found Christ was, who cared? Who who actually cared enough to pray for me? There is nobody. But I didn't realize she died when I was in seventh grade. So I didn't realize as a child that she was a Christian person. My mother was a tyrant, and whatever she said, you did. And my grandma had to do that too. So she would shut her door and pray. You know, my dad had made her a little room. There wasn't much, but a little room. I don't take the time. But um, so I didn't, uh, I didn't know. And so now, here I'm 66, and Lord's showing me things. Like when you fell down those stairs, however many times, I know it was all my whole life. I just, I loved high heels, people. I don't know why, but I would wear my mom's high heels, and I'd try to come downstairs, and I would fall every time. I don't know where my brain was. It just, I liked them, and it, and so I knew that could have killed me. It was, they were hard, and, you know, wood. There was no carpets. So just things like that, the Lord starts showing me, look what I did for you. <laughs> okay, cry again. You know, it's like, I didn't know that. And to me, that was hope. That, that was a lifeline that I didn't even know existed. And I think that's how we feel sometimes. Even when we first get saved, we are not sure of who God is, especially if we get the wrong teaching and people aren't teaching us correctly. We were talking about that. Um, then we have to unlearn some things that aren't true. But as God brings us through the word and he brings us through our life, we find the truth. We, we say, God, we want the truth. We want to know you. And so that's what the word's all about, is finding that truth for our, ourselves and being able to share that with the world. So anyway, 1 Peter 1, 3. <clears throat> it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So that's my main scripture that is an awesome scripture, and it, and it says exactly what God did through Christ. Exactly. Um, Peter states that the new birth that provides our living hope, affirming that salvation is a gift from God, because just as an infant does not, he does nothing to be born, we experience rebirth not because of who we are, 
or anything we've done, but because of what God has done through Christ. Okay? So to me, that was the very beginning of, of my life was when D showed up. I was like, God, if you're there, please give me somebody to help me to find you because it's either that or I'm dying. I mean, I will kill myself and it will be over. So God, you've got to do this. And, and he did. <laughs> He's so good. And here I am and it's so good. God's so good. Like I said, I've cried through this whole thing. It's just like reliving it, but yet on a good side of it. Okay. Um, John 1.13 says, We are born of God through Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Salvation changes who we are. It makes us dead to sin and alive to righteousness in Christ. What a difference that is in death and life. That, I mean, it's that quick. It, it happens that quick. And that's what he did. He did it the, the minute that um, Jesus rose from the dead, we could be born of God. How quickly that happened in the spirit of God. And only he could do that. Only Jesus could do that for us. And God knew that. And he gave him anyway. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man, us, <laughs> um, any person that is grafted into to Christ, he is a new creation altogether. Everything that we have. Everything that we have. Physically, spiritually, socially, emotionally, financially. Every area of our life became new. Um, yeah, I always lose my place, girls. A new creation and altogether everything. The old, previous, immoral, and spiritual condition, it has passed away. Everybody say that. The physical, spiritual, social, or, or I'm sorry, I said, I see, I can't read it. The, uh, the previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. It has passed away. It has nothing to say. It can't talk to us. It can't pull us back. And sometimes it tries. And so that's why when we read a scripture like that, just like you girls were saying, when the scripture comes to you and it goes, boom, then you know there's something going on, that I need that scripture for a reason. Either I haven't um, let the old go, there's something else coming, uh, I'm having a spiritual battle. See, I didn't know any of this stuff, guys. So reading the word was like, oh, there's something going on, but God, I don't know what it is. So help me. And so he does. He says it's passed away. So I have to believe that and take a hold of it. And I like the word behold. Behold. Open your eyes. See. Look at that. Woo! I mean, you know, it's awesome. I'm sorry I'm loud. Um, the fresh and the new has come. So we are not only new, but we're fresh. Fresh. There's nothing in the past that can come with us. It all has to stay back there. And what's interesting about this particular scripture is that's what God has done in me. Storage is full. Uh-oh. That was hilarious. Storage is full. Your storage is full. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That was awesome. I hope somebody remember what I just said. Um, <laughs> um, to, to look at it and say, 
okay, this scripture God is saying is truth. And this is who I am. And that's why I think maybe he had us do that. This is who I am. This is how I grow. This word is what grows me. This, this word is what helps me go from past to present. And I didn't know that until we started reading the word. I don't know why, for some reason, the church, the Pentecostal church, never read their Bibles. They just let the preacher talk. And, and so I didn't really know what the word said, but I knew I was different. I knew that something had happened in me. I need to know, how do I find this? And if it was just for my prayers, thank you, Jesus, God gave us someone who taught us faith. So at least we were at least learning that the word was true, that this word can come to pass. And, and I started doing that, trying to find that newness and leave the past behind. So you could be in any position in your life in that, okay? There could be, you could be anywhere. But for me, finding faith helped me to be able to go, okay, I can believe this word. I can believe what God is saying because he saved me. I know he's in here, and I just want to know how to do what he wants me to do. So that's really what he's doing is helping us to know who we are, why we're here, you know, what to do with what we have, um, our talents, our abilities, our money, our lives, whatever. And... We can't do that without him. So if you don't hear anything else, learn that. We can't do that without him. We can have a life, and we can have family, and we can have, you know, a job. But if we don't have Christ, it's for nothing, you know? It's, it's a life that is not being used by him, and so people aren't going to find him. And they're going to be in the same predicament that you were before you did. So sometimes it's good to look at people like that and go, hey, I remember you know, when I remember when I did this and I shouldn't have, and I, I didn't understand it. That's what, that's what the word does. It's ever flowing, ever moving, ever revealing who we, who we are and who God wants us to be. Um, Ephesians 2.5 states that this new birth serves as a reason for hope, the assurance of salvation. This is what I've hung on to <laughs> a long time. But that's good because that's God. He wants us to hang on to knowing that hope is important. And I just want you to put that in your head. It's not just hope. It's a living hope. Okay? It's a living hope. And that's Jesus. It's a living hope. So we go from hope, having a hope, um, as I'm getting ahead of myself, but... We'll talk about it. Anyway, I'm going to keep going because I won't mess this up. Um, up above, Peter was linking our, our birth salvation with the idea of living hope. The Greek term for, for hope is uh, eager, a confident expectation. And this hope of ours is not only living, but it's lively. It is a hope that lives on and on and on. So hope is a living thing. It's Jesus and so when we received Christ, I didn't realize that I was hoping in the flesh. I was hoping that somebody would love me. I was hoping that I would understand and know why people treat me bad. I, I'm hoping that someday that something's going to change and I can be better, you know, or whatever. 
um, because they put it on you. It's, you know, it's your problem. So that hope, that living hope is different than the hope of the flesh. Our flesh just goes, maybe it will happen. So I want to talk about it so you kind of understand. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, unlike the empty, dead hope of the world and what we have experienced before Christ, this hope, this, lo- this living hope, is energized, it's alive, it's active in our souls as believers, and we live with a great expectation of this living hope because it originates from a living, resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that gave us this hope, right? He is the one that we got a hold of at some point in our life and said, I, got, I have to have this. This, this. this just sounds like this is what I need to do. And when you cry out to God, he will give you exactly what you need. And so that hope is um, unlike... The empty, dead hope of the world, I'm going to say it again, this hope is energizing, alive, and active in our souls because we believe. We have a great expectation. Our living hope originates from a living, resurrected Savior, and that's Jesus. In First Peter, he was speaking to other Christians who were suffering persecution. His words were meant to encourage them through these troubles. Their future was secure, and their hope was in his victory over death and his resurrection. So whatever they faced in this world couldn't compare to the blessings of the future resurrection and the life to come in eternity. So when Peter was talking to these people, he was putting that line out. He was throwing out the line of hope, of an assurance, of a confident expectation that when you put your faith in Christ, this, this blessing of a future resurrection and a life to come in eternity would be secure. Yeah. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Um, our living hope, Jesus, is anchored in the past because Jesus rose from the dead in Matthew 28, 6. And it continues in the present because Jesus is alive in Colossians 3, 1. And it endures... Throughout the future, Jesus promises eternal resurrection life. And I wrote down John 3.16 and 4.14, 5.24, Romans 22, and 1 Corinthians 15.23. All of those talk about our eternal life, our eternal resurrection. That that's what we're hoping for, is when this is over and it goes boom, we're in heaven. That we're with Jesus. We're, we're where, and that's where that hope comes from. We can, this is something good because when we have this hope, we understand this. We can live without despair as we encounter trials in this present life with real and substantial living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By the power of his word and by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, this living hope quickens our minds and our souls. So that hope is the thing that starts it. Okay, we're going to talk about faith, but hope is what starts it. It's the thing that Jesus gives us now because of who he is and where he went and where he came back. And now he's at the right hand of the Father. That's, that's our hope for us. So it kind of, hopefully I'm helping you to kind of get a, a picture of what this hope is for us. Hebrews 4.12. Oops. 
it was so long, I just thought I'd read it. It says, what did I hear? Okay, Ephesians, where did I go? Oh, there, there I am. Ephesians 4.12 says, this is Amplified, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active and operative and energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints and marrow, and of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing, sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. Thank you, Jesus. So this gives us what we need, what God did, not only for our salvation, but the five things I said, physically, spiritually, socially, emotionally, financially, everything in our life, everything that makes you, this is what he has done. He has quickened it to us. So we don't want to be um, in despair. That can come on us with things going on, our family or whatever. But if we choose I am not going to be in despair. I am going to hope in God. I'm going to hope because that's what he's given me. And when I throw out that hope, it finds something. Okay. So 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not give up. Everybody say, we do not give up. We do not give up. Even though our outer person is perishing, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolute eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's eternal. So when we're looking through hope, we're looking eternal. Okay? Not like we used to do. We're going to talk about that. But we're looking through Christ into our future going lord this is what you want from me all the things that we that we read today is that what you want for me i want it too and i want to grab a hold of it and i do that by the word because that is the truth we have to know that we have to know that everything else is a lie but god is the truth christ is the truth the holy spirit is our truth Okay. The object of our living hope is described in 1 Peter 1 4 as an in inheritance that is an inheritance. Okay. We are heirs. Okay. Put yourself as an heir for a, with, with God and a lot of stuff. Okay. It is an inheritance that is imperishable, <clears throat> undefined, and unfolding, kept in heaven for us. We have an inheritance that will never be touched by death. Stained by evil or faded with time. It's death proof, sin proof, age proof, and fail proof. Woo! That's a lot, right? God guards and preserves it in heaven. It is wholly secure and certain in God. So that inheritance that we, that God has said we have, just like when Abraham was, you know, saying, I want to do another one because Abraham, I got to talk about him, but I can't do it today. Um, he, he, it was the same for him. He had an inheritance. He was going to be the father of many nations. What's your inheritance? You think about that. Write it down. What is my inheritance? What is my inheritance? Now, God says here 
that it's death-proof, sin-proof, age-proof, and fail-proof. This inheritance that he has for us. What is that inheritance? What does that mean? I'm going to leave that with you and let you go with that. I'm, I'm kind of like, I like people to do that, and then I can munch on it, and I can meditate on it. And God will show you what he has for you in that. I could say a lot of things. Like my, I felt like my inheritance was that even if nobody else in my family ever knew God, um, that God had blessed me through my grandma um, to find him. So I felt like that was my, my cord of hope was, um, was my inheritance. This is something. I had a prayer, or I had a dream one time. It was so powerful. I was sitting at a picnic table with Abby, and she's my granddaughter. And we were talking, and my oldest brother, who had passed, he knew Jesus, so did my younger brother. They all got saved, but... <laughs> telling you it was tough long, long many many years anyway he ron came to the table and he sat down he had a package and he he put it on the table and he pushed it to abby and i'm like and i in my mind you know how you dream but i remember going god they don't know each other i mean what are you doing i mean you know there was ronnie had died long before abigail came along and, and in my i just remember thinking what is this and I was like I heard Ronnie say I did this for you I'm sorry um, he was the only one that ever showed me he loved me and so he was special to me and so he said I did this for you and he gave this to Abigail and I'm like what is he doing she doesn't know him what is this she opened it up and he said I give you your grandma. And I'm like, when I woke up, I was like, what? What? But for me, it was so powerful because I felt like the Lord had done that. The Lord had let me find him through my brother. My brother had gotten born again, but I was 13 years younger. So all of his life, I didn't really know. He was never around. My mom and dad wouldn't let him be. And so for me to, to, to watch this dream and watch him say that I was a gift to her so that she could be here. She loves Jesus. She's not ashamed of the gospel. I mean, all the things that she's doing, she's more of an evangelistic person. And she's not afraid to tell you that she loves Christ she did, I mean, she's the one that started something in her, her, her high school, um, the club, you know, and doing all that. So anyway, that's what this was for me, that that inheritance of knowing Christ and being able to, to raise my kids to know him, to have a husband who knows him, to have a church that knows him, that inheritance I gave to my children and to my grandchildren. So look at it that way, okay? I just, I just thought that was so awesome, and, and of course I cried like I am now, but, but sometimes it's just good, you know? It's just really good. God's really good, and I can't see now. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Anyway, that inheritance is important. So you're important. You are an inheritance for your family, for not only the church family, but for your own family. 
God sees you as that, as that, that person that can bring life and bring hope and, and uh, pray, you know, uh, to do those things. That, to me, was so important um, and that it's secure in God. It's not something I can lose. It's not something that I'm not going to ever be again if I do it one time. God's going to keep doing it. Just, and then our grandbabies come, and then our great-grandbabies. And so that inheritance of Christ and who he is in me is going to continue on and on through my grandkids and through your grandkids and through your children and whoever else you've mentored. I've mentored a lot of babies. <laughs> so I can't wait. But because of what you do and who you are and, you know, the kids you, you did your whole life. I mean, just the things you did where God put you. You were not working in that place for no reason. That was your mission field. I didn't know that for a long time. And when God told me, I went, oh, no wonder I'm here because I really didn't want to be here. I wanted to be at home with my babies. And so anyway, okay. So if he, mm -hmm. yes, okay. It's in First Peter 1, and it's in verse uh, uh, 10. And I, I just looked down here and saw it. I thought this is worth sharing just because of what you're saying. Yeah. It says, of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully for who prophesied of the grace that would come upon you later, you know. This yes, yes, yes. And uh, of what matter of time the Spirit of Christ, who was in now, was indicating when he tested beforehand of the core of the sufferings of Christ. To them it was revealed, not to them themselves, mm -hmm. but down the road then to us who were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. sent from heaven, Things which the angels themselves desire to look into. Awesome. So that's the very thing. It is, the yes. Of God actually desired to look into what was happening, even in that dream. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's good. Awesome. I, ne I, I've, I read that for this, but I never hooked that up. Because <laughs> I didn't even think about the dream until now. So, wow. That's awesome. Isn't Yay, that God. Awesome? Isn't he good? He's yeah. so good. And everything we do, every place we go... There's a reason. There's a purpose. We might think, oh, yeah, i got to go to the grocery store. What does God want me to do there? That should be our response to him because we're his, and we need him. And if we just do our life, even if we're born again and we know we're going to go to heaven, if you just do your life, it's not going to be good. And that's why people suffer. That's why we go through the trials sometimes. Sometimes they're just because... We need to learn something. But for the most part, if things are going bad and going bad and going bad, you need to figure out where you're at and who, whose you are and stand up, <laughs> you know, because that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to quit. He wants us to stay, lay down and die down there and just not have a life. But, but God has given us a life. He's given us an inheritance. He's given us what we need to be able to do what we need to do okay all right that was good that was really good <clears throat> ephesians 2 12 states that those who don't have christ jesus do not have living hope so this was us before christ before we knew jesus as our savior our natural hope was just a wish or a desire true true okay um that we would experience in our lives good things they would turn out good okay and i don't know when you guys got saved i got saved at 16. so if you guys got saved at three it's probably a little bit harder for you to understand that 
Yeah, yeah. My kids were young, so they learned it, but it not, you know, three. Um, oh, I do that, and then I can't find myself again. Girls, I'm so sorry. Okay. Yes. We, 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 then we were expressing uncertainty because we didn't have anything to hang on to. Okay, right? Um, that something good would happen in the future. It was like a shot in the dark. It was just like, well, maybe, you know, maybe that'll happen if I, you know, think about it enough. We had no surety that the outcome would be favorable for us. So we never knew if we were going to be sadly disappointed or happily surprised. So in the natural and in the flesh hope, it's used three ways. Um, a desire for something good in the future, the thing in the future that we desire, that's good, and the basis or reason of thinking that our desire may be indeed be fulfilled. So those are the three things that before we had Christ, that's where our hope was, okay? Our biblical spiritual hope, though, our living hope, shouldn't be just a desire for something good in the future, but rather a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. So it's a confident expectation of what God's going to do in the future, not what we think we're going to do in the future. It expects it to happen, right? We expect when God says, I'm here, he's here. Um, it is a, confident, a confidence that it will happen. Um, in Psalm 42, 5, it states, this. Um, and why should, oh, I'm sorry, start up. Um, why are you cast down, oh, my inner soul, myself? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me, hoping God and wait expectantly for him? For I shall yet praise him who is my help of my countenance and my God. So this hope is not like the other hope. We're hoping in God. We're not hoping in ourselves or what the universe is going to do or whatever. We're hoping in, in, in our God, our Father, the one that, who loves us more than anybody else. Um, it doesn't mean that, like some people say, I'm going to cross my fingers, I'm going to rub this rabbit foot, I'm going to throw salt, I don't know all those things people do. That is not it. <laughs> it's just not it. And I know, because you've all been Christians a long time, you found that out. That, because I've tried to do things on my own, in my own way, and my own thoughts, and how things should be. I'm kind of one of those people that I'm trying to let that go. I want to fix it. <laughs> I want to, to fix it. And my husband was so kind and said, Barb, you can't fix it all. You have to let it go. And that was a good thing for me because I realized it's not about what I think. It's about what you want. And when that happened, everything changed. It was like, oh, God, I, I just need you. I don't need my own thoughts, my own feelings. My, um, I, need, I mean, I have them, but that isn't what I'm going to put my life on. My life is in you. I can have thoughts, but God is at you, is at me. You know, we have that ability now to be able to hear God and do what he wants us to do instead of, oh, I think that'd be really great. Like be president. Okay, go for it. Yeah, go for it, I guess. So, um, uh, Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. 
this is this is what this is how I think that God has helped us understand what living hope is. Even though we speak this way, yet in your case, beloved, we are now firmly convinced of better things that belong and accompany salvation. For God is not so unjust as to overlook your work and the love which you showed for his sake in serving the saints, as you still do. And we earnestly desire each one of you to show the same eagerness in realizing the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritually sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Okay. In, 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 in this scripture, perseverance and godliness in these believers showed the proof of a genuineness of their salvation. It was continuing. And um, I'm going to read this other one too. Then in 11 and 12, it says to press on, but now the battle is described in terms of hope. So if you would go and look at it, 11 and 12 together come under the assurance of hope not just things that we're doing or like they were saying the servants were serving and they were um, loving Christ and they were um, eager to do that. But then 11 and 12 goes in <clears throat> to what they desired would come to an end was their hope in Christ, what, what their hope in Christ was. They were hooking up with God and saying, but we know that none of this without you is anything. So they were trying to hook, they not trying, but they were hooking up with Christ under this assurance. Um, where am I? Da, da, da. I'm so sorry. The confident expectation. I like that better. But it talks about the full assurance of hope um, that we can have because of Christ. That, that that full assurance isn't going to be there if you're just hoping in the wind, okay? But when we put our hope in Christ, there is an answer in that. In other words, with all the zeal of the past that enabled them to work and to live in the name of Jesus Christ, with all that zeal to keep on pursuing the full assurance of hope to the end. So that's what we're doing now. We are, we know that hope hooks, up, hooks us up to faith. We know that hope hooks us up to God. And that living hope is in Jesus, so it goes through him, so it's ours, okay? Um, but I like the word zeal. That, that kinda, I did like that. Um, it says, with zeal, we're going to keep on pursuing the full assurance of hope in the end. There is no fight, no quest, no challenge, no war more urgent than this to keep our hope hot. I thought that was really good because we need to. We, we, because hope, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but hope goes into faith. And so when we're hope grabs a hold of faith, and then we can walk just like Abraham did. I love Abraham. He was really good. Um, 
So the full of sure, the full, I think I wrote this. No, I didn't. The full assurance of hope in verse 11 is hope fully assured, fully confident in all that God promised and that Jesus supplied on the cross. Verse 12 implies hope and faith are almost synonymous. It says, go hard after the full assurance of hope. Verse 12 says the result of that purpose is hope is that you will be like those who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God set before them. So just like Abraham did, he was hoping against hope. He was hoping in the flesh and laughing, but yet he grabbed a hold of the assurance that he knew God and he knew God was going to do it. So even though it looked ridiculous in the natural, that, that natural hope that he, he had, he still grabbed a hold of it. And God said that, that that was righteousness. He had done that. He had grabbed a hold of God. And now he was righteous before him because he was listening to him and believing that what he had said he would bring to pass. And we all have that. We all have things in our life that have not come to pass yet. And we want them to, especially when we're praying for our friends, our church, our families, um, people we don't even know. God, they all have a future and a hope. And so knowing that it's so important to have that hope because it leads to faith. It, it's, it's just the hope. on the cross you gave me your life and now I can walk in that and show other people that there is a hope I mean there are people out there have no hope now they just they're yeah. they're just there's just nothing and I think that's why God kind of brought this out is right now we're going to be the hope the Jesus in us is going to be the hope that people need to see so wherever you go and whatever you do if it's just one word you have to say to someone Hope in God. You need to say it. And we need to get used to that because when this harvest comes in, there's going to be thousands, thousands and thousands of people who need Christ. And we have to have that hope in us so that we know when we speak it out and say, Jesus loves you, that there's, there's something there that's going to go, loves me? I mean, they may never have felt loved. And when you feel that love, it changes you, doesn't it? It changes your whole life. It changes the way you look, the way you think. And you want yourself to change. You don't want to be, um, I want to say, in despair, you know, about everything. You want people to see, I have a hope in Christ. I have a hope that one day I'm going to be with him forever. And right now that hope is that he is helping me. He's, he's comforting me. He's, he's leading me and guiding me, showing me um, all the things that I need to know now. That's our hope in him. Um, Hebrews, oh, oh yeah, say different, okay. Hebrews 19 through 20 says, Now we have this living hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. It is a hope, a living hope, that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil, where Jesus was entered in for us in advance, a forerunner having become a high priest forever after the order 
of the rank of Melchizedek. This, <laughs> this is awesome, okay? Because when, when we think about the veil, time is it? When we think about the veil and how it was rent, okay, who went into the Holy of Holies? Okay, the high priest. The high priest was the only one that could go through the veil and be in God's presence. Look what he did. We need to be able to know we can walk in to the presence of God through Christ and be received and be loved. When I first found this, I was like, really? I mean, I mean, we did. When I was saved, I could do that. But I didn't understand it because of some of the teachings we had had. But when I found the fact that God wants me in the Holy of Holies, he wants me full of joy, joy unspeakable and full of his glory. He wants me to come boldly, I know there's a scripture, boldly into his presence. We can't do that without him, and we wouldn't dare do that without him. Right? I mean, this is God. But he came down to earth as a baby so that we could understand how much he loves us. If we didn't understand the love, we wouldn't understand, we would never understand going in there joyful. <clears throat> I'm going to tell on Patty. She's, a, she's not here, but she knows. It's nothing bad. But her and I <laughs> used to intercede a lot together. And Dorla. And we were, <laughs> we were so into intercession. I'm just, I'm just saying, I just, we, were, we were praying over a country. And that's a big deal. And so we were praying and, and, and just interceding in the Holy Spirit. And I saw a picture in my mind of walking into the Holy of Holies. And the joy was just unbelievable, okay? And I am just like, wow, you know, this is so awesome to be in your presence, but he's oh, we're always in his presence, okay? I guess it's just seeing it was overwhelming. And, and Patty started repenting. <laughs> And because I told her what I saw, and she started repenting. And I, in my spirit, I thought, it's already done. It's already done. You don't have to repent. Well, she grew up like we did in things that we had to know weren't right. And so as, as I was seeing joy and she was repenting, she finally went, oh, I don't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, well, you know, that. But there are things in us that will do that, and we won't receive something because we don't think it's ours. Mm -hmm. If we don't know the word, if we haven't read anything, like, you know, we're new Christians here, I don't know anything. If you don't start getting into the word, you are not going to know who you are. And so the devil's going to walk all over you like he tried to do with all this religion junk. But being in his presence, it was, oh my goodness, I can't even describe it. It felt, it just felt like home. It felt like home. Well, that's, that's what it is. It's home to us. This is not our home. His presence is our home. You know? Him loving us is, is our home. And so when you do that, when you start interceding and praying, 
Just know I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going to go into the presence of my God and my Savior. I'm going home, and I'm going to find out what he needs me to do right now. What a privilege. How, how awesome that is. It, it, sometimes it's very mind-boggling. It was for me when I, when I first realized it. I thought, that can't be. <laughs> it, that just can't be. <laughs> I mean, just because you know yourself. You know what you did. You know who you were. But God, now I know who I am in Christ. And all of these of who I am in Christ, those are promises. Those are declarations of who we are. And we need to be that every day. We can't let the enemy in and say, oh, today, what? look what you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but... And when we do it, it's like, Lord, I am so sorry. I mean, it's just an automatic, I am so sorry. Lord, I should not have done that. I shouldn't have said that or whatever. But we're open. There's an openness now. There's a, there's a, a knowing that he loves me enough. If He already knows it anyway. So if, if I do that, I cut off the enemy. That's what he wants us to do. That if, 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 if we do something and we don't repent, the enemy's going to use it against you that quick. But if you know... Like I was, I don't know all of you, but when I had a lying issue that, that came from my, my childhood and I, I lied about things because I was so hurt and I just wanted to be a part of anything, you know? And so I did, I lied as I got older and it was really hard to realize and, and make a line between who I was and who I wasn't. So when I got saved, poor OD, <laughs> he'd ask me something do that or no I didn't do that so my poor husband got a lot of I didn't do that or you know whatever and but it started to affect my relationship with Christ and the people I loved so dearly and and it was like no I don't this is not right and when you find a scripture that says don't lie it's like okay I'm not supposed to do that Lord help me so that was that was how I started that you know, road of, I'm not going to, I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't lie to my husband. I can't lie to my friends, which my friends, I never had a problem with. It's just kind of my husband. Or if something happened and I didn't want to fess up to it, you know, it's just one of those things. And it was so awesome to finally realize that I was on top of that instead of, and it was under my feet and understand that I didn't have to do that. God loved me. They love me, and if they don't love me that much, there's nothing I can do about that. And, and to let it go and say, I'm, I don't have to do this. Because I felt like he always put pressure. I don't know how you guys are, but sometimes when the enemy comes against us, we feel that pressure to do something. Well, that's kind of how it was. I, was. I would feel pressure. Do I tell the truth? The first time, I don't know, it was probably Debbie because we're always together, but she said something. I thought, I have to tell her the truth. <laughs> okay and I did and it was like it felt so good and she didn't know the difference I mean it was just something between you know what I knew and what I didn't know and it felt so good it felt so good to do that and know that I didn't have to put up with that anymore I didn't have to I was not a child anymore I was an adult. I needed to be able to love people, do what God wanted me to do. And, and if there was something that I saw in their life, it was because I loved them enough to say, are you doing okay in this? Is, 
you know, I, I heard you say something. I just want to make sure you're good. It's that kind of thing instead of, oh, who can I go tell? And I hate that now. I, th I think that's the thing I hate the most is people coming to church and wanting to gossip about somebody or say something bad or whatever. <laughs> you know what? None of us are perfect. So you need to keep that to yourself because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. And, and so just that one thing. Can you imagine how many other things are in us? you know, that the enemy thinks he's going to use against us and make us feel unworthy and unloved. But we don't have to receive those things. We don't want those things. We want to be able to do what God wants us to do and keep our hope hot, you know? No, I may have heard that about, you know, Kay, but needs prayer instead of the other you know and maybe it's never true but I'm not going to tell anybody and I'm just going to pray about it and God's going to take care of it because that's who he is and that's who Kay is and she's gonna I don't know that but I just using it so anyway get my drift all right first Corinthians 13 13 <clears throat> Paul says that these three things will last forever and they will be eternal faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love Okay, and in here somewhere I have, I want to read this for you girls. <clears throat> That's not where it's at. Fingers. Hopefully I can find where I am in, where I am girls. Well, let's see. I thought I marked it. <clears throat> oh, maybe I did not. Okay, no, I... It's right here in front of me. Okay. <laughs> so this remains faith, abiding trust in God and his promises, hope, a confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. These three choice graces, but, oh, oh I'm sorry. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. I'll get it out. I promise, girls. Okay, so that scripture, there we go, that scripture links all those three things together that they're eternal, and I put that in there because I wanted you to realize that those three things, if they're eternal, they're God. Okay, so faith, hope, and love are God. That's who God is. He, he has a faith, a hope, and a love for us. And that belongs to us. It's just because he is who he is. Um, the awesomeness I think about it is that sometimes people look at hope as it's just not a big deal. You know, I'm just hoping. But we need to, as believers, be to see the living hope of who Christ is because that's what gives us everything we have, that hope in him, that why I said yes to Jesus, you know, why I wanted him in my life was because God said, I am, I am, I am that I am. This is it. This is who I am. And so... When we hope, it's a good thing, I guess I want to say. It was a good thing for me to hope in Christ because then it changed me from just 
in the wind to my hope was in God. My life is in God. There's a song about that. <laughs> my life, my hope, my strength, everything is in God. When you come to that, that decision, that I, am, I know who God is and I know who I am in him, and you say that, it's like all hell breaks loose. And I had that happen. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Devil, you don't have enough to do to me to get me to say that God is not mine. And we are going to have trials and tribulations and things in this world. That's what God says. But him, if we have him, if we know our hope is in Christ and that he rose from the dead and he's at the right hand of the Father, then that gives us the reason to take that next step of faith and say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. I believe in God. I know God is going to take care of me because is there one person in here that God hasn't done something for you? No. Number one, we're saved. But I'm just saying in our lifetime, you, we could all write a book. I could write a book in the things that God has done for me. I should be dead, people. <laughs> I'm just saying. I shouldn't be here. But God. So if he can save us from that, he can save us from anything. And so when the enemy comes against us, like with Rosemary, I keep seeing Rosemary, when you pray over and you're doing what you're doing, don't let God, don't let the enemy tell you that God's not in this. He is. God is in that. And he showed you what to do. And when we prayed over you, God said you are going to have dunamis power, if you remember correctly. Because he said it through me and I couldn't believe it. I was, I was listening to it and I went, that is not me. Who is that with Patty? It wasn't me. I you that he told you you have dunamis power for what I've asked you to do and so you can do it in him you're not doing it in yourself you're doing it in him and that's who we are we're just his hands and feet knowing who he is and that whatever comes our way we are victorious it may not look like it we may have to walk through some of this stuff but we walk through with Christ we don't walk through alone. You walk with us. If, if you need prayer, we're going to do that. You're never alone. And I know the enemy likes for us to think we are. You know, we're alone. No, we're not. No, we're not. Ever alone. You know, sometimes you can feel alone and you're sitting right beside the person you love the most. And you still feel alone. See? Right? I, it's just how that happens. But if you know, even though that one person that you love so much is over here, God's right here. He's right here. He's right here. He didn't leave. He's right there. So that's our hope of, of, of who God is and our faith in him. We have a faith in Christ. We have a hope in him. We, have, we love him. Then the, and the other two, I think, come from the love that we have. Um, I think I'm almost done, girls. Uh, in the Greek, hope is translated as anticipated pleasure. We talked about that. The future. Our future. That's a good thing. We're looking towards our future. Okay? Uh, a confident expectation in the author of hope, and that's Jesus, God, who is its foundation. It carries with it an expectation that the outcome will, will come to pass and is anticipated with pleasure. I thought that was awesome. It kept saying the hope of God has pleasure. It has um, um, a, you're looking for a, a good outcome. 
And with the other kind of hope in the world, in our flesh and carnal, we don't know that. We have no clue what we're going to get at all. And walking in that is not going to help us. So know the difference. If you're walking that way and you realize, I'm just walking carnal here. I'm not walking in faith. I'm walking in, oh, I can do this. See, that's, that's our big thing. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, no, I can't do that. And once you realize it, that you don't want to do it without him, then that changes. It changes in you. God changes you to say, I need you, God, every moment of my life. Every time I wake up, I need you. I need you at work. I need you at home. I need you driving my car, not driving my car. Whatever it is, I need you. And having that will help you when you're struggling that that despair won't come upon you. It will, be, it will be faith. It will come because you're hoping, God, I know you're there. That's your hope. That's what you're doing. Um, let's see here. I'm probably saying this over and over. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. How this, oh, this was, oh, I just wrote down what my pleasures would be. How wonderful heaven will be. How I can live victoriously through what Christ has bought for me. And the truth of what the word of God is to me. So those three things were mine just because of the resurrection of now that we have Christ, you know, we're more than conquerors. And the truth of the word. Just think about that. Truth. There's no truth in this world anymore. On the news, radio, whatever. Who knows, whatever. I don't listen because I thought, God, I'll just listen to you and tell me what to do. It's just easier. <laughs> I don't have to listen to all the lies. But um, those are three things that I think we anticipate with pleasure. And God wants us to have pleasure here. He, he wants us to enjoy our lives, enjoy our families. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes there's stuff going on. <laughs> you know, there's stuff going on. But you know what? My hope has always been, you know, God, I'm coming to you. I don't know what to do. Just, you know, uh, what do I want to say? Settle me down. Just settle me down in you. That I know you've got this. You've got my kids. I don't know. I know when you have kids, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's just a big deal. When you have kids and they just want to do what they want to do and they want to do it. And we're like that too. But it just seems bigger when it's them, and I don't want you to do that because I've already been there, and it's not a good place. You know, it's that kind of thing. Don't go there. And yet, they do. They have to grow up. They have to learn. And when I realized that, that my kids had to go through things, that was tough. But yet, I knew that it was so that they could see how good God was and how awful everything else in the world is. And the Lord had told me when Aaron was 13 to let him know that Dad and I will always be here for you, always pray for you, um, always you know, support you, but you're 13. And I said, I don't know why. I think it's because in, you know, in the Bible, 13-year-olds, they were whatever. Here you go, bar mitzvah thing. And so I figured that's why God was having me tell him this. And I said... I just want you to know that you and God need to become really good friends. Not that he wasn't, he was spirit-filled and everything, but I want you to know he's your best friend right now. And that as you grow, you're going to hit things that you have to make a decision on. 
Am I going to act like this? Or I'm going to do this? Should I go there? You know, just things that we do. And sure enough, <laughs> we hit a couple. And his, his was, when he came to me, he was like, Mom, I just ruined my witness. <laughs> like, well, join a party, but I didn't say that. And I said, really? Yes, Mom. What happened? Oh, we were out there playing basketball. He's, he's an athlete, always has been. We were playing basketball with all his friends. And these are all friends that could or could not be Christians. They're just buddies on the, on, by our house. He goes, yeah, and I started cussing. And I'm like, yeah, well, we don't do that. He goes, I know, I know. <laughs> it's just like, you know. But I'm sure he was hearing it, and it just, you know, that. He said, I feel so bad. Good. I'm thinking to myself, that's really good. I'm glad you know. We don't talk this way. And uh, he goes, what am I going to do? And I said, well, um, first you can tell the Lord you're sorry, and then you can find out from him what you need to do. Okay. So he goes away another day or two, and he comes and he says, well, Mom, he said, i got to go apologize to the guys. And he goes, I don't know what they'll say, but, but I want them to know I'm serious about my faith. And, um, and now I'm going to have to prove it. I thought, now, you know, now you're getting it. You understand. You know, this is a pretty easy thing to do. Not like us when we get older and we just do stupid things. and There's a lot of repercussions about it. I said, okay, there you go. So he didn't want to get out of it. He didn't want to not go back. He wanted to deal with it. And I thought, this is good. And um, so he told me, I mean, it wasn't something we talked a lot about, but two years later, he said to me, Mom, I think I've finally shown them that I'm serious about my faith in Christ. You know, because he was going back and forth and playing basketball and taking charge of who he was and what he needed to do or not do. So I was so thankful for that, that God, but God did that. I, I just said, Lord, I don't know how to help him. I don't know what to do as he gets older. How, how do I be a mom when he doesn't want me to be mom? You know how that is, this side hug and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know what to do now. I don't know how to get him to understand that it needs to be him and you, not me, dad, and him, and you. <laughs> that makes sense. So for me, that was really awesome. I thought, thank you so, God, so much, God, because I would never have thought of that. I would never, I didn't get that kind of thing at home. So it wasn't something that came out of, oh, I remember when my mom did this. I didn't have that. So I was really trusting God to help me with my boys. Um, same way with Adam. I did it at 13. This is, you know, you're going to have to fess up to this stuff if you do something, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and so, sure enough, he's a PC, though, this time. And I went, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Well, Adam's in the office, in the principal's office. You're going to have to come get him. I'm like, what did Adam do? Adam's so different than Aaron. Aaron's mouthy and Adam, you know, and he's not mouthy. I thought, what did he do? <laughs> I don't know. And so Dee and I we trekked over to Peoria and talking. We went in there, and the principal's like, he told me that you guys were really not going to be too happy about this. <laughs> I said, I told him he had good parents. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. What did he do? Oh, my gosh. And he had 
uh, him and two of his buddies had spit had done spit wads somewhere. Thank you, God. It's all this spit wad can handle it. But it was just like he realized he knew that mom and dad weren't gonna like this, and his and his his uh, principal also knew that we want our kids to love God and to do what God wants, and not to just mess around and waste the money and the time and everything you are to learn, you know. So we, I'm sure you've all had that, but those were just a couple of mine. Um, but I am so glad that God taught me because then I felt like I could, I could rely on that and teach my own, you know, and then for them to teach their own. Adam doesn't want any babies, but I have two. And so Aaron has learned now. How, how to help them because they're different people. And I think that's the, isn't that like the really problem there? The, that's a problem, but um, there's a word there. I don't remember. Anyway, um, to do that for our kids, to help them and to um, be behind them. And when they fail, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I'll help you, you know, but you will have to deal with this, you know, because this is you now. You're an adult. Um, so and then I think that's how God feels about us. He He never leaves us and He never forsakes us. But He does want us to stand in faith. He does want us to believe in Him and know Him and love Him and let others be able to do that as well. So, um, in Hebrew, I'm never going to get through this, girls. In Hebrew, hope is translated as a cord or as an attachment. And so that's why when I look at when we look at our living hope in Christ. Um, we see that the hope that we have then becomes a cord and it grabs faith, okay? It grabs a hold of it. Um, it says, faith, now faith is the substance, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that, that one I have marked. Uh, one. Yeah. I wanted to read it. <clears throat> Well, it'd be good if I was in 11. 11 one. Everybody knows the scripture, but I like the way it said it amplified. Now faith is the assurance of the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. So when we're walking in faith, we've already hoped for it. We've already, and, and God knows that. It's like a hope. It's living. It's in Christ. Um, being... Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses yet. So even though we don't see it yet, we know that God is faithful. Because the scripture won't work if, if, our, faith, you know, is, if our hope isn't working. So our hope, our hope is working because it's Jesus. And Jesus is the one that puts that in us. So when we grab a hold of Jesus and then we reach out in faith, then God says, you'll have what, what you've prayed for. You, you'll, whatever is in the word and you grab a hold of it, it's yours in Jesus' name. So <clears throat> I, thought, I thought just reading that scripture would kind of help maybe to see how important hope is because faith faith is good and it's what we need but without without the hope that of what christ has done we then we have nothing to have faith in 
Does that make sense? I hope so. All right. <clears throat> hope is a per, pre, precursor to faith. It leads the way. It opens the door to, to the future and to faith. It's, it's like a cord connecting us to the things that we are in faith for. It is the initial connection that bridges the gap between what is and what our faith will bring to pass. When we have a confident expectation that something good is really going to happen, it seeds our faith. It connects us to the thing in the spiritual world that our faith will then pull across to the natural world. And does that describe what, what you do? It does. It does describe what we do <clears throat> when we need to grab a hold of faith and what it does for us, that that it's bridging the gap, it's helping us. But the confident expectation in Christ is something that we, we have to have. Because if we don't, we're going to go into the, oh, maybe that'll happen, and no, maybe it won't. And You didn't have this kind of hope with Hadley. You had confident expectation that God was going to come through and has. Awesome. God is awesome. You don't want to miss awesome. <laughs> okay? You just don't want to miss awesome. So you, we need to have our, our hope and our faith in who God is. That, that hope is important <clears throat> because it helps us grab a hold of what God is telling us to do. Because some of those things aren't easy. So if it's something that's important, we're not going to go grabbing flesh. We're going to be grabbing a Holy Spirit. God, we need you. Help us. And that's what happens. That's what that, um, oh, I wish words would come in easier. Um, that's what replaces the other thing. You're just like, I'm going from hope to faith to, I got it. That's awesome. I mean, that, that's, who, that's what we want. And in this time, we've got to have that. We have to know who he is so that we can walk in faith and have that confident expectation. I've said that to myself, I can't tell you how many times. Instead of hope, I would just say, confident expectation in Christ. That's what, that's what I have, God. Thank you. I do have that in you. And it's something that when we have it, we know we can't lose it. You know, it's not like this other hope, well, maybe. It doesn't work. That doesn't work because there's nothing to, hold, nothing to put that in, okay? Except the enemy, and we're not going to do that. So putting our faith through our hope is the way God has put it together so that we know, we know that we know that we know that God's got it and we don't have to wonder. And anything that the enemy would come against us with, we don't have to listen to at all. We need to listen to what God has said. If God's given you a scripture, if he's given you a promise, <clears throat> if he's given you something like Rosemary, you do it. You do it, and you do it through Christ. If she went out there and tried to do it herself, it's just like us. I, couldn't, I could not raise my boys without Christ. I did not know what I was doing. I had to have that. I had to have him help me every moment. And even now, <laughs> they're older. It still can be really fun, let me tell you. Um, I have funny boys, let me tell you. They're just, they think they're funny. They make fun of mom a lot, so. Um, especially scriptures. Aaron's like, I always told him to guard his heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I just told him that all the way through his teenage life. <laughs> just do this, you know. 
he called me one day and says, hey, mom, he says, in our life group, we're doing a, a new book. I said, you are? What is it? He goes, trust in, no, yeah, thank you. The other one, trust in the Lord is the other one. Uh, yes, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows issues life. I went, did you write that book, dear? <laughs> you could have. That's all you ever heard for years. But it kept with him. He, he knew what that meant to have, you know, God come out of him and, and show him what his life was going to be like and the turns and things he could have taken that he didn't. Or if he did, then make it right, you know, make it good so the devil can't use it against you. And I think that was important for him to know, for, our kid, for all of our kids, to know how important they are to God, that he loves them. Um, so, yeah, it's not easy, but it's worth it all, girls, let me tell you. Um, okay. So I think I'm almost, I'm almost done, girls. Hebrews 10.23 says in the, old, in the Amplified, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope, the living hope, we cherish and confess. So not only do we love that living hope, but we're also confessing Jesus. We're confessing our living hope. When we say Jesus, that's what we're doing. And our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure and faithful in his word. The other scripture that the Lord gave me was Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in Christ, in hope in the Lord, we will, re- oh, that the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on e- wings of eagles. They will run and not grow wor- weary, and they will walk and not faint. So that's something that the Lord has said over us, that we can declare over ourselves that we are, we, our strength is going to be renewed. We're going to be who we need to be. We're going to be where God wants us to be. I told, the, I told Debbie when Pastor Barry said something about going to uh, Peru. Peru? Yeah. I went, I'm not going to Peru, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, don't say that. <laughs> like, okay, I'm sorry. But I don't want to go to Peru. So anyway, it's that kind of, you know, that kind of, anyway. So... But he does do that, and that's awesome. And it's not just a scripture. I guess all of this is to say this is just not words. This is, there is power behind the word of God. There is power behind our uh, salvation. There is power in the resurrection. There is power in faith that we have. There is the power of God. And nothing, nothing, nothing can destroy that power. It's over everything is more. It's more. So when you get down and you, and you feel like you can despair, don't do that. Just hope in God. Just hope in God. Um, there's a scripture that says that. I did do that, didn't I? I read it, didn't I? Yeah. To hope in God. That's a scripture. <laughs> I know it is. Okay. Um, Romans 15, 13. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through faith so that you may abound. Okay, so everything that you're doing says that when you grab a hold of it, then you are going to abound and bubble over, overflowing with living hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is something that's alive. This is something that's active. This is something that's lively. Being a Christian is awesome. And knowing that I don't have to listen to the enemy, I can listen to the truth. That should make a difference in what we're listening to, too. TV, radios, whatever. I want to listen to the truth. 
because that that's what my strength is gonna be that's where my faith is that's where my my hope is that's where my my god is and in that faith um and the last one is jeremiah 29 11. this scripture god gave to me um after i had had this fog for two years and i was getting ready to retire and i told the lord i said what am i going to do all the things that i wanted to do i'm, I'm telling you i had a list of them <clears throat> i tried to learn how to play the piano and i was there and, and then i had aaron <laughs> you know so i couldn't get to the full of, fullness of that just things like that that were in my mind i'm going to do when i retire i want to learn how to do this and it was gone <laughs> because i can't as you can tell i have trouble you know thinking where i'm at and my thoughts and so I'm going to work, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? Well, scriptures, I can, I can hear God. People, I don't understand that, but I hear him. But not always all together. <laughs> to get my drift. And I heard thoughts and plans, and I went, okay. There's a scripture somewhere in there. <laughs> it just wasn't coming. I just, I just had thoughts and plans. And I said, Lord, I really want to do some of the things that, that I plan to do, but how am I going to do that? I said, I just feel, you feel hopeless. You, you, the, the enemy wants to make sure you feel that. And I said, Lord, what do I do? What am I going to do? And then another word came. <laughs> and then another word came. And then at the end, I heard him say, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of plans, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope in your final outcome. And when he said that to me, I was like, well, I cried all the way to work, all the way home or whichever way I was going. But I, I knew he had me. I knew it was going to be okay. And it's this is the third year. <laughs> and... I told Lord, I said, I, my second thing was to really get my counseling certificate. I would really like to do that. If just for me, so that when I, you know, you talk to people and stuff, not knowing you were going to do all the freedom in Christ thing, I was so awesome. And <clears throat> so that was my other thing that I really wanted to do. And I can't do that yet either. <laughs> so... I guess I'm saying that to say I'm not hopeless. I was when I thought of the fact that I still can't grab a hold of what I want to grab a hold of, but I'm going to. And I told the Lord, I said, thank you for that hope. That's what he did with that scripture. He made that scripture hope for me. He let me grab a hold of it. And now I have the faith to go, I know it will. I don't know when, but... <coughs> It's coming. But under the anointing, <clears throat> your thoughts and your everything is... Isn't it weird? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I don't understand. I, I don't comprehend. Or if... Sharon has me pray for somebody, I'm like, Sharon. But when I lay hands on them, that, yeah. that Saturday, Sunday night, mm -hmm. 
it was boom, 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 boom. I was like, wow, God, you're good. This is awesome. I'm going to sit down now. <laughs> and Barry comes over and says, have you prayed for anybody? Five people. I'm working on it. I'm really trying. It's like, oh, my goodness. Because for me in this, it, can't, it could be really hopeless. It could be really crummy. Because I've been to doctors, and they say they don't have a cure for it. There's no cure for COVID fog. They just don't have one. And my doctor was like, I don't know, you still have it after three. She goes, usually it's one, maybe two. And I thought, devil, you're a liar, remember? You. Yeah, he, he, he does, he does. Yeah, yeah, so I just, yeah, I, I just, I just wanted you to see where I'm at with this, that this is, this scripture is life to me. I mean, he made it so real to me that he is my future and my hope, and I am going to be able to do what he wants me to do. He may never want me to play the piano. I don't know. I just liked it. I like, I mean, I've done the music thing my whole life, but I never learned how to play the piano. We had to play the trumpet. What's that? But so that was just one thing in my heart. It was like, yeah, this would be great. The other is, you know, helping and learning the counseling and helping people. And so, but I know that God gave me that as my hope that this and that's what the word does for us isn't it it really grabs a hold of us so that we can grab a hold of faith because if we don't then that hopelessness is there that despair is there because if i didn't have christ this would be a really major thing a really major thing where to me it's like okay god well i hear you so i think i'm good <laughs> and if you have something for me to say i will say it and um, but this is harder because I'm trying to read what I wrote down and that kind of thing. But um, one of the ladies that we had in uh, um, the healing rooms, I can't remember her name, but she goes to um, Oasis. And when she walked in the door, <clears throat> um, she said, I have something I want to share with you. God gave me. I'm like, awesome. And I don't know what it's called, but what do you call when you have... Um, capital letters, and then they give you a word for each thing. What's that called? Acronym. Acronym. Thank you. I, I just couldn't think of what it was. She gave me this, and she said, hope. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then he brought it back to my remembrance because she had written it down for me. Having the opportunity to pursue the eternal. And I thought, wow, now isn't that good? But God had given her that, and I wrote, she wrote it down for me, and I, I still have the piece of paper, and I thought, Lord, that's what you're doing. We're having an opportunity to pursue him. And we can't not do it. I mean, if, if we don't do it, then we aren't going to be who he wants us to be. We're not going to be equipped with what we need to do what it is God wants us to do in this time. Because this is a different time. I keep hearing people say that. I'm like, you're absolutely right. It is. It's a different time, a different season, a different everything. But God... He's the one that helps us and teaches us and gives us hope to be able to keep going, you know, especially with things in our lives, things in our families, things at church, just, you know, everything. There's always just seems like the enemy's always trying to throw something. But God, he's got it, you know, he's got us and um, he loves us. So I finished. Yay. Amen. You take this. Take this off of me.